This podcast is by G. Wayne Miller for the Providence Journal. I found out we were having identical twins and just going through the whole process. And with that, um, all the doctors had explained what twin to twin transfusion was. Um, and it kind of just seemed like one of those things that never really happens that you hear about. And all my scans were pretty good up until about 19, 20 weeks. I went in for that scan and the doctor came in and said, you know that thing we've been talking about, that twin to twin where one donates the blood to the other and there's an imbalance, that's happening. And I started crying because I had read about it and I knew about it, but I just didn't think that that was gonna happen to me. Um, I'm you know, healthy, I take care of myself and I know it's nothing that you do, but when something like that happens, you tend to think like, what did I do? How did this happen? Um, so yeah, I cried and then she told me, we need to send you to Rhode Island. There's doctors that specialize in this down there and they're gonna get a more in-depth ultrasound um, to see the severity of it. And depending on that, you may need a surgery. Um, so I had, because it was in the middle of COVID and everything, they had sent me to go get COVID tested because to be seen in another state, um, they needed a negative test. So I ran around that day, got negative tests, went to see Dr. Carr and Dr. Lux. Hi, Dr. Lux. Um, the next day and they did the ultrasound um, and it wasn't too bad. The first scan that they saw, it was definitely happening, but they weren't to the point where they wanted to do the surgery yet. Um, so we had gone home for the weekend, came back um, three or four days later. And at that point, then they said it had transgressed enough to need the surgery. So um, it kind of happened really, really fast. And then, you know, a lot of tears, a lot of like, oh my goodness, and shuffling back and forth from Boston to Rhode Island. But went again, got another COVID test, had the surgery. Um, and then the next day, um, Dr. Carr came in and did an ultrasound and we saw that there were still two heartbeats. Dr. Lux had come in and explained um, the severity of it, that there was a really big membrane, like larger than what they normally see. So that had had made the transfusion syndrome, to my understanding, happening a little bit faster than what it normally does. Um, so they had to react pretty quickly. But both the babies are saved and they're both here and alive in my living room with my mom right now. So uh, give me sort of the timeline on this. When, when did you uh, when did you learn you were pregnant? And then just walk me through the different stages just to give me dates or at least months on, on all of this. Um, I found out I was pregnant in January, like late January. This was an IVF pregnancy. Um, transferred one embryo, found out we were pregnant. It was January we did the transfer. Found out at about six weeks that the embryo had split and that they were going to be identical twins. Um, and then I just went through the normal pregnancy. You know, you go to your doctor, they do the ultrasounds, they do the blood tests and all that. And because they were identical twins, I was at high risk. So it was May when I was at the 20 weeks, I had that scan and they told me that was the twin to twin happening. Thursday, I went down for the initial ultrasound with Dr. Carr and Dr. Lux. And the surgery was that next Tuesday, I believe. Now, are these your first two children? Uh, no, I have a three-year-old as well, a three-year-old son. Okay, and the, the, your two latest are boys, girls, or they're identical? Are they girls or boys? Girls. Girls. Yep. All right, so uh, a happy ending. Yes, very happy. 
was it stressful going through all this in addition to the pandemic? <laughs> Stupid question, right? <laughs> yeah, I still don't think I've like coped with everything yet. Um, one of the babies as a part of a side effect from everything, one of the babies has a heart condition. Um, she and I'm sure the doctors can speak more into that, but the donor twin had received more blood. So she her heart malfunctioned. Um, and there was a good period of the pregnancy that we weren't sure if she was going to make it. So that was a whole, that's a whole nother side of it. Um, but she did, she's here, she's on heart medications and she's being closely looked at. She came home, uh, about two weeks ago from the NICU and she was on oxygen for a bit, but this past week she just got off her oxygen tube. So she's doing really well and they expect a full recovery. There was no surgery needed for her heart or anything. So just talk about this surgery. Uh, you know, I've written about this, of course, before, but let's talk about the current case and Suzanne and her children. Right. So as uh, Suzanne was saying, this is something that, that moved pretty quickly, very typical diagnosis uh, by the time we got uh, to see them. Um, sometimes it's a pregnancy, a twin pregnancy, or in, in sometimes you don't even know the twins until like fairly late in the process. And then in short order now, not only are they twins, but they're twin to twin transfusion syndrome. Other times it's something that we can watch developing or stabilizing and then developing or getting worse over weeks and sometimes even a month or two. Uh, that wasn't the case here, it went pretty quickly, uh, which makes it sometimes difficult to to have to, you know, sometimes explain to, to a couple, uh, oh, guess what, you have twins and oh, by the way, there's also this life-threatening condition uh, I think Suzanne and her husband were pretty quick in, in grasping the severity and then working with us, I think, uh, in understanding that time was of the essence. Um, what is interesting, and I, I realize that whenever a doctor tells you this, oh, that's interesting, that's usually not a good thing, uh, but we, the, the premise of twin to twin transfusion syndrome is always, in general, is there's nothing wrong with either one of the babies, but they're connected in such a way that one baby keeps on giving blood to the other one and is not getting enough in return. So both babies are completely healthy and normal, but it's just the connection that causes the, the trouble for both. And by blocking the connections, you essentially make them not, not identical, but you separate the, the, the connection between the two. They continue to develop and hopefully everything will be fine. We know that in a higher percentage than we realized years ago, even decades ago, is that uh, they may be predestined to be who they are, uh, a donor and a recipient. So it's not just luck at the draw. Uh, for example, we know that not uncommonly the donor also happens to have a very small share of the placenta. Uh, so when you have a in twin to twin transfusion syndrome, one of the things that we see is that the donor, the one who's donating blood, is kind of getting exhausted and doesn't grow quite as quickly as the other one. So you have a size discrepancy. Uh, but we now know that in a certain number of cases, the fact that the donor is small may also be because that one has a smaller placental share, so not quite as much nutrients and then more resistance because of the placenta is smaller. Conversely, uh, when we think about transfusion, the one who's getting a lot of blood, uh, the, the heart gets a little dilated as if there was just too much fluid, too much blood, but we know that in a certain percentage of those recipients, there is an underlying problem with the heart, typically with the valve uh, from the right side of the heart to the lungs, that is the pulmonary artery. And that turned out to be the case in, in Suzanne's uh, uh, recipient uh, twin. Uh, 
so that the, certainly that, that makes the syndrome worse and go faster, but after surgery it was touch and go because even though the syndrome seemed to be stopped, it looked like the recipient in particular was still suffering from that tight uh, pulmonary valve. And I'm really happy to hear that. And we know statistically, and I think we told you that, that statistically, even though it looks bad, that the majority of those babies eventually will be fine. I'm happy that, that your baby girl is in that category as well. But that made it a little difficult in the beginning because you, if, if both babies are completely fine and they undergo this, this transfusion syndrome, if you block the connecting vessels, they should return to normal. Both of them should com recover completely. Uh, in Suzanne's case, uh, it took a much it took much longer for number one the recipient to get better, but also for us to realize that the the reason why the, the recipient wasn't getting better quickly enough was not because of the surgery or because we we missed some vessels or we didn't do it completely, but because of the underlying problem. So, what is the risk of not having the surgery once that diagnosis has been made? So there's a uh, there's a classification of, of grade severity grades uh, going from one to four, one to five technically, but five means that they are uh, you know moments or hours away of passing away. But so one to four, we know that uh, stage one, clear enough, but majority of those will get better on their own. Once you go to stage four, uh, there is a greater than eighty percent risk of losing both babies without surgery. And so this was a stage four? It was a stage three, four. Um, in fact, the stage three is probably worse than a stage four. Uh, that that has something to do with the fact that we, somebody decades ago gave it numbers. Uh, and we, and at that point, at that time, we didn't know enough about the, the details of, of the syndrome. We also know that when you, let's say, you have a cancer diagnosis, clearly stage one is better than stage three. Uh, and it means that as the stages go up, the severity goes up and you can predict the outcome. That's not completely true with twin to twin transfusion syndrome. Uh, we, we can, the staging is great to tell you right now, this is the stage you're in. It doesn't help you pr uh, predict what will happen tomorrow or next week. Okay, so, 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 so the risk here, uh, in this case, Suzanne's case, would have been losing one or both babies. Is that correct? And I think at this point, given how quickly the syndrome was setting in, there was a very high likelihood that both babies would have, would have uh, yes. So in, in the 20 years since you have been doing this, and we're going to get to Steve Carr in a second, how many cases have you done? Do you we've know? More, yeah, we've done more than 150 cases at this point, uh, which is a, a large number. It's still, this is Rhode Island. Uh, uh, we we're small fry compared to you know Texas Children's Hospital or some other very very large uh, places. Uh, so we and it, I think this speaks to the population of New England in general. Uh, I think that Houston must have about half the population of all six states of New England. So 150 is a large number, but it, there are some centers that uh, that have done thousands, uh, more than thousands at this point. Okay, Steve Carr, hi. Do you want to weigh in here? You've been here from the start too. Um, a couple of things occur to me. Um, yes, we've been at it for 20 years, uh, and I think every case we do just reinforces uh, humility. Uh, just the, about the time we think that we're, we've got it figured out, the next case we do uh, reveals something new to us. Um, and as remarkable as that is, 
we have to keep in mind that, okay, we've done this more than 150 times, but for the family that's coming to us, it's the first time for them. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's a real challenge uh, to have families come to us and literally hand us their, their family, their children's welfare. Uh, they don't know us. They've been told that they can trust us, but they don't know that. Uh, and it's just, it, it really keeps me and I think keeps the whole team very, very humble and very grateful that uh, people trust us the way they do. And, you know, of course, you bring up a, a, an important point here, which is it, it is a team. It's not just you and Francois. It's a, a whole team, medical and surgical. You want to just briefly talk about that? <laughs> oh, boy. We don't have enough time for me to tell you <laughs> all of the wonderful things about the team uh, with whom we work. Uh, it starts with our sonographers at the ultrasound center. Um, our patient care coordinator, Deborah Watson-Smith, oh. and walks these families through a very complicated scenario. Um, the pre-op teams, the anesthesiologists, the scrub nurses, the recovery room nurses, the labor and delivery nurses. Um, these are immensely talented. Um, all of these people are already working hard and then they really go out of their way to give extra special care to these extra special families. It's, it's an amazing opportunity for all of us. Okay, thanks, Steve. So, Suzanne, I guess we'll close with you. I am forever grateful for both these doctors and Deb and everything that both hospitals and the team done. I, I mean, I wouldn't have my girls out without everybody, so... Um, it was definitely an emotional and stressful situation um, going through. I, I don't think I could have asked for a better team to care for me. And I know, like you had said, you know, you're told that we can trust you, but like 100%. Like there's, I, I, going through that, I had my faith in everything. Regardless of the outcome, I knew that they were doing the best that they could do for the situation. I'm forever grateful that the situation and the outcome is what it is. And I have two girls, beautiful girls today, but had it not been, I, I still would have trusted and had faith in this because it is, I think just awareness, like, I don't know, people don't know about this. And when you say twin to twin for people who haven't gone through it and have never heard about it, they just think it's something that's kind of like benign and doesn't really weigh, but it does, it could cost the lives of the babies. And that's, a really serious thing.